Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers, hosted by me, Patrick, or Padumaro in game and Hats on Lamps. How's it going, Hats? It's going pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's episode 102. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a draft-focused podcast. Our goal is to help you and me, mostly me, get better at draft. We get into the nitty-gritty of the drafting process with a little meta-analysis and play tips thrown in. So this week, we are halting all podcast topics and getting me to masters. We heard people love team drafts, so here we go. Hats and me. I'm so close. I'm diamond something. Been having a horrible couple weeks. And we're going to use our brain power together, I think, to get us over the hump. So I'm sorry, Hats. I know you had a lot planned for this episode. Uh-huh. So I'm going to have to oh. wait one week. Uh, some, of, some of these notes are, are only current right now. Oh, I'm going to have to change everything. Yeah, I'm hoping this meta doesn't change because you, what you put down here was I unbelievable it's, exacting yeah, analysis. It's very specific and of the moment. But I... But you know things. I don't know. I don't care how educational this episode is. I need to get there right now. Okay. So are we ready? Yeah. Let me just set every all of all of these papers and notebooks that I prepared on fire <laughs> and throw them in a, and throw them out the window. <laughs> throw them in a pyre. Throw them in a pyre. All right. So first thing, though, we we will do our uh, our first things first. That is Patreon announcements or our announcements for the Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash farming eternal, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to uh, these unbelievable show notes that has unfortunately deleted. I destroyed them. I know that's if only Google Docs had an undo feature. Um, not the version I have. <laughs> and there are also uh, occasionally some recording bloopers that you also get access to. You're, and, you're listening um, to them right now. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then finally, uh, at a high enough tier, you get access to uh, some food from our farm because uh, some people don't actually be- realize that everything I say at the beginning of this show is not a joke. And I am an actual farmer. And so we do grow food, and you can get that food by joining our Patreon, our, joining our patron Patreon. Yeah, joining our Patreon. And, and originally it was all farmers, but now now it's now it's just Potamaru. <laughs> I'm not a yeah. farmer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got tomatoes growing in the backyard, but that, that doesn't make me a farmer. <laughs> yeah, well, but what's that thing you can? I can I deputize you? What do what do you call that? As honorary, you're an honorary farmer. As a farmer. Honor, I guess so. You're the farmer. You tell me. <laughs> or you can. Well, that was the whole point of this. Uh, the podcast. We honestly, I started this podcast just because I like the double entendre of me being yeah, a farming. farmer and yeah. farming gold. And you're like the gold farmer, and yeah. I'm like the farmer farmer who loses <laughs> a lot of gold. Yeah. <laughs> and I eat food, so it all balances out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. This analogy goes deep. This is. But anyway, w- one other thing I wanted to say this week is for about a month now, 
I've been meaning to message Demo and Steve Irwin as our top tier patrons um, and let them know that one perk that I was thinking we could add is that they could pick a show topic. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I have not done this. I probably will not have done this by the time this releases. So if I have not done this, Demo and Steve Irwin, and you hear this, please start thinking about a show topic because we would love to do one on your request. Yeah, one day you're going to get that message and you better be prepared. No, you can just shot. message me. Just message me. You're one if, shot. <laughs> if you hear this and you mess message me, I will respond. I'm a good responder, not a great initiator. It's the farmer way. <laughs> Except for John Holio. Uh, John, I did get your message. <laughs> okay. But also, we like to shout out all our patrons. So thank you, Demo, Steve Irwin, Cotillion, Low-Key Trickster, Mercurio Blue, Abednego, Meagles, Madness, Darth Herman 2, Twin Hex, Jed the Hamrid, Raven Dragon, Esrit 0215, Sunblaze, Worked on Sun, and Yistow. So Hats, how was your draft week? Uh, pretty good. I have been playing a little bit, and it's gone well. I climbed to the top of the rank heap again uh and i stayed there on and it took a whole team of people to, to take this the number one spot back from me yeah i heard you were passed <laughs> by four people this week i was passed by four people but they only show up as one on the list so so i'm still feeling pretty good uh no uh you know i i, I feel like i've um at a certain point, the rankings don't matter. You can have like a couple of good drafts in a row and 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 shoot up the ladder, uh, and then you can choose not to play and stay there. So it's a little. It's not like there's a season where you have to play a certain number of games, and then they tell you your ranking based on that. It's it's not a perfect system. So I feel like I'm as good at this as I need to be, and now I can just play when I feel like it, uh, and the numbers don't matter as much. I have nothing more to prove after last month. So, uh, uh, either to myself or others. Uh, so now I just sort of enjoy the format. Um, I think that it's a much more open and interesting format than I initially thought it was. And I've succeeded with a lot of different kinds of decks, especially, uh, especially this month. And, um, it, I, I know a lot of people don't like this format. Um, I don't know how many, but because we only really hear a from the people who hate it on the Discord, and we don't hear from the people who love it, you know? So it it skews a little bit. So uh, I, I have to believe that people in general enjoy it pretty well. Because there's no plunder or scout, it can feel like it's kind of a high-variance format, but uh, there didn't used to be plunder, and I feel like there are ways of mitigating the, the, um, the variance, and I think there's enough of those ways that I, I still feel pretty much in control. As as I as much as I ever do, in as to like how my drafts go and and what happens in the games. Uh, obviously, some games you're just going to get screwed or flooded or whatever. But um, I, I don't think it's so much more than usual uh, that that it really bothers me. But if they brought plunder back, I would feel even more in control, uh, and that would also be very very cool. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm having fun and doing well. So no no complaints. I probably could have just said that last sentence and that would have been enough, but I said many sentences instead, and now here we are. Yeah, I I always thought that the whole, like, <clears throat> there's no plunder 
like complaint with this format was a little funny because we did literally have like nine sets without plunder more or less yeah uh, so like it was a thing that and, and people did enjoy it pre-plunder i think plunder was a great mechanic yeah i do hope like that was part of the point of our last episode with pachi was to like sort of get the word out to maybe our listeners who haven't been enjoying the format that you know there are definitely a lot of possibilities like this format has seemed like it has opened up from where it may be initially seemed and so to i think it is definitely worth giving this format another chance if you were struggling at first or didn't like the the play of it for the first few weeks so how was your draft week uh it was okay i've uh still been keeping to my free-to-play model and since i'm only i had a couple i had a couple good runs and then i went back to now i've just been four threeing my last few drafts and uh Man, the four three no no diamond chest is is man bad bad beats when you're <laughs> trying to save up gold. I don't I don't know what's been going on really. I just especially because my last two four threes I've been four zero then goes to four three and so it feels like oh I've really got this figured out. This draft deck is really good. It's everything's coming together and then the wheels fall off and then I just lose three in a row, but. I, you know, the the decks feel good, so I'm not sure where I'm going wrong exactly. Nor is, like, a 4-3, uh, like, horrible record where it necessarily means things are going wrong. But when you lose three in a row, it feels like things are going really wrong. <laughs> so, Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're always up against other people who are also uh, trying to do the same thing as you. And so it's not so much that you do something wrong as that, other people are just have a slight edge right now during the game that you're playing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but it's been good. And I like, I've been enjoying the format. I've just, uh, uh, in my silent protest to get Direwolf to lower the draft, fee, <laughs> the draft entry fees. Um, I've been limiting myself, uh, in how much I've been able to draft. Gotcha. And also now that I, now that they nerfed all my favorite constructed decks, I uh, I haven't been winning and constructed as much, which then slows down also my drafting. Yeah, that's the economy of the game. But uh, yeah, but here's hope. Here's hoping. All right, cool. So how about cards of the week? Cards of the week. Uh, my card of the week is Invisible Ball. Uh, that's a three justice. Uh, illusion unit. Uh, it's a it's a zero six with stealth. So it comes down as a as a three cost stealth unit, and then when it is revealed, it's a zero six. That's all it is. Uh, and I, it's my card of the week because I remember uh, hearing a lot of people on on stream and in conversation say that Invisible Wall was basically unplayable, and I think that's not true i've seen it be very effective in games and the idea of it is is pretty clear is that uh you expect any stealth unit to be maybe attacking you or be able to trade with your attacking unit and you got to sort of figure out what its stats are uh likely to be and and then deal with it accordingly but invisible wall stats are so different from any of the other stealth units 
that the way you interact with it um, could end up meaning that you make some kind of a mistake. And this has happened to me once I had a deep cover operative, the 2-2 that draws a card when it hits your opponent, and my opponent had a stealth unit, and I had a finest hour in my hand. So I thought, you know what, I want to clear the way for my deep cover operative. It's not a play that I usually make where I have to play my finest hour in order to just get rid of an opposing unit. usually like to get more value from my finest hour than that. But in this case, I was like, I need to draw cards. Uh, I'm going to get rid of their blockers. So I attack with my deep cover operative. They block with their stealth unit. I use my finest hour to kill their unit. It's an invisible wall. So (laughs) I got pretty owned. Uh, because my 5-5 bounced off their invisible wall, and now I still can't attack and draw a card with my operative. And I was like, hmm, maybe there's something to this invisible wall business. (laughs) And then I've seen other people play it since then, and it seems fine, you know? It seems like a big blocker, and there's a lot of reasons why you would want a big blocker in this format. The only downside to having a blocker that can't possibly kill the incoming unit is if something with Warcry is repeatedly attacking and then you, it's sort of accumulating value. Um, but when you actually look at the format, there's hardly anything with actual Warcry. The, there's a lot of Warcry-like effects that uh, don't really apply in this situation. There's Alchemist that sort of gives a Warcry to, to when it dies. But the only common in, in Set 11 Revelations is Ursa Squadron. And the only uncommon is that Tinker, the 2-2 that can possibly replace itself when it dies. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, and that's it. Like, there's not, a, there's not a lot of literal war cry in the format, so the usual drawback of having a giant blocker is missing. And, there's hardly, and I don't think there's any common war, uh, boosted war cry units either in the draft packs. So... Um, If you're in the market for a a blocker, a reasonably priced blocker uh, that can really hold the ground well and will possibly uh, cause your opponent to make some kind of mistake, maybe they use removal on it that would kill anything but an invisible wall but will leave the wall intact, like something that does, say, three damage or two damage, um, then, you know, the wall's a good card, not just a... Not just an adequate filler, but an actively good card. Um, I'm just—it's just a lot of the time. If you're in justice, you want to be attacking pretty aggressively, and invisible wall doesn't do that. But every now and then, you get into a more controlling, uh, value-oriented deck, and then wall gives you the chance to get your value, because your opponent's going to have a really hard time breaking through the thing. Do Do you know what color pairs might lend themselves to that kind of? controlling more value oriented deck well uh if you are one of the more one of the slower huru decks i think uh because you're probably going to have you're going to be attacking in the air a fair amount of the time um if you are cambre and you're planning to play a bunch of large large units and uh to to finish the game or a behold the truth invisible wall attacks just fine if you cast a behold the truth um, that kind of thing. I would say Combray and Huru are the ones that spring to mind. 
Rakano's a pretty attacky deck. I don't think you usually use Invisible Wall in that. And uh, Argentport tends to be about either attacking very aggressively or um, or discard synergy. And, and and the Invisible Wall doesn't help that much with either one of those. So yeah. I'd be look I'd be doing it neither Huru or uh, Combray. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I played this in uh, a couple of these in a deck early on in the format and kind of liked them. But then everyone else was kind of down on them. So I sort of lowered it in my pick order and was like, maybe I just had you know, an abnormal experience with the invisible walls because, you know, especially early on, people, I, I guess to some extent still, you know, people will fire off two or three point removal at stealth units just to reveal it. And then, you know, you always feel like you got them if you then played it, if you if it was an invisible wall. Um, I do think the fact that this is uncommon makes it sort of weird to pick when when you would want to pick it. If you were a deck that wanted an invisible wall, you know, what I mean? not really. Well, just like, I don't know, like with un- I don't know, it's just like. I, I mean, I guess you could theoretically still get these late, but just because it's uncommon, you're not guaranteed to see one, and then it's often early in a gra- in a draft where you know, sort of the the best commons will still be available. Like, I yeah, don't, I don't, th- just, I don't, th- I agree. I don't think you necessarily pick these up early, but if you are uh, like maybe if you're in the fourth pack though, and um, and you've got kind of a slow, more value-oriented deck, or possibly a flyers deck, and you're pretty sure that's what you're doing. Um, and then, but you don't have enough ground defense, and you don't have enough delaying tactics, something like that. Like you'll know if you're drafting that kind of deck. I don't know how I'm going to survive to the point where I can cast these powerful spells or attack in the air or whatever it is that your deck is trying to do. Uh, you'll know that you need tools to do that so i'm not saying that you that then like you'll be excited to see invisible wall like oh this is the perfect card that this finally makes my deck work it's just um it's just something that you shouldn't automatically dismiss if it serves a valuable role yeah i i agree i think it i think it is playable um so yeah it's just I, like i said i i find it sometimes hard to pick them up just because of the fact that it isn't uncommon and then It'll be like this or a topple in the pack or something. And I'm like, oh, well, I... Yeah. Yeah, often it will be. Because if justice is open, then you get access to all these great commons. So, yeah, that that's definitely a, uh, a situation that will come up a lot. Um, and that and for that reason, I still haven't ever drafted and played one. <laughs> I, just, I just, in theory, think it's a lot better than it sometimes is given credit for. Yeah, no, and I 100% agree with that. So uh, my card of the week is False Prince. It is um, an older card. It's uh, three, I guess it's from set one, set one probably. I think so. I think it's the oldest card. Yeah. Uh, It's a three time time primal, five, five, overwhelm. When a spell is played directly on False Prince, transform him into a one, one frog. So this card is uh, kind of interesting, and a card that I've actually seen a few times in draft. I don't know if I've just been uh, it, on the opposing battlefield, 
been unlucky and people are, you know, I don't know how boosted this card is. It's but as I've, boosted as it can possibly be. It's a like 20 times boosted uncommon right now. Okay. Yeah. So that it makes sense that I've been seeing this a lot. And it was uh, Abinego uh, asked about this on Discord recently. I think the interesting thing with this card is to evaluate it in the context of this format with the fact that there are ruins and other ways to ping things and people are so readily... Or, or people are putting ways to target creatures because of stealth in their decks now and so how does that change the evaluation of false prints yeah i think it's an interesting question and i think you sort of have to look at the ways that people are doing those things and it's not as bad for the false prints as it sounds the runes are are certainly bad because i think all of them can target the false prints blue one stuns it turns it into a frog yellow one turns it into a frog and bounces it. <laughs> Fire one kills it. Shadow one, I don't remember whether ghost form can target a opponent's... Ghost form can give any unit lifesteal and unblockable, so that can that can transform the false prince. And then the last one is... Uh, justice. is The justice one, and again, that can probably target it. So the question is whether that's an old school trick. I wasn't prepared for this question at all. Is whether, whether that's an... Saddle up. Yeah, all five of them can, can transform it. Uh, saddle up can target any unit. So, all, all of the runes can. But then, if you're using... You, if you think of it as, like, a five-power removal spell um, for a very strong three-cost unit, that's not too bad. Um, but the other common ping effects, a lot of them aren't spells. Uh, Blitzstone doesn't transform this thing or really bother it. Um, that's that's a relic damage, uh, doing two damage. Detonation cannon and the other relic weapons are common ways of pinging things, and yeah. those also can't deal with the prince. None of the exhaust. Um... No, the the three one that exhausts a unit doesn't transform it. The shadow path uh, intimidator doesn't transform it. That's a common way of revealing a stealth unit. Uh, Char isn't isn't boosted, I don't think. Um, yeah. Evoker would 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 transform and kill it, but that's an uncommon. Like a lot of the common topple, I believe, would transform it, but then probably not kill it if there's another thing on the on the field. But topple definitely deals with it. So I, I agree. From that perspective, it's pretty good. And then I think the the thing that is easy to forget because it is a five five with overwhelm is that it's a three drop and like, especially in this format with how few three threes there are, like your opponent's ruin is gonna deal with most three drops in this format. You know what I mean? Like if your opponent is spending a card to kill your false prince, it like kind of sucks, but it would have dealt with any of your other three drops anyway. You're not like, it's not like, overly bad in most cases when your opponent plays a spell to deal with your false prince yeah it's not terrible but it is it does mean that it's a little more vulnerable than other three drops and to make up for it it's huge so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the thing is it is risky 
it's risky the way playing uh playing the the one one five drop that grows by plus four plus four every turn is you know it's it's a risky card but because it is so powerful like even if you get in one good hit with it and then soak up a removal spell you've done a, you've done fine you did okay yeah yeah, and that's why uh, in Discord I kind of it's a bit of a stretch, but I kind of made the analogy to Skysweeper, which is, you know, it's the three cost uh, two two with stealth that at the start of your turn you reveal it, discard a card, and it becomes a four four flyer. And so like if your opponent pings it or you know casts a, targets it with a spell or exhaust or of the other ways since it's a stealth unit. You know, you've suddenly played three for a 2-2, kind of like paying uh, three for a 1-1 frog in the False Prince case. But then if your opponent doesn't have a way to deal with it, it's suddenly this, like, overstatted unit. And in Skysweeper's case, you know, they only have the one-turn window to do that. But, like, we, in general, view that cost-benefit as being worth it, you know, like, the... The fact that, you know, this could be a horrible unit, the chance of that is worth it because in its best form, it's such a good unit. And I, I feel like False Prince is similar in that they, they have a longer period where they could, you know, like three turns from then they could target it and it would shrink. But like you said, you've you then had three turns with a 5-5 five, five overwhelm. So yeah. I feel like you did pretty good for yourself with your three drop. Yeah, if I'm in a lesion, I'm never cutting False Prince. It's just uh, it's just too much of a board presence, and it's, I think, generally worth the risk. I don't think this format is unusually bad for it. And there's also been a, a trend recently of, uh, of making tricks so that they, like, so the bad ones only target your opponent's units and the good ones only target your units. So you, like, uh, a few a few sets ago... Um, when somebody played a false prince against me, I would play a finest hour immediately on it, transform it into a frog. You know, you would do that sort of thing. And of course, you can still do that. Finest hour is boosted now. Um, but it it's not like you can do that with every trick that you can play on your own unit anymore. Some of them don't work. So I, I think it's probably on average a little harder to kill to turn into a frog now, even with the runes in the format than it used to be. Yes. And then I also do think that there's something to the fact that, like, False Prince, especially being in Elysian and theoretically, like, this, ostensibly the stealth colors, um, you know, it's just, like, one more way to overload your opponent's abilities to target your stealth units, in a sense. You know, it's, like, it, it's, I think it, it's, like, an honorary stealth unit. In the sense that your opponents want to... It's like a shield for the other stealth units, is basically what you're saying, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I if mean... they're spending their, you know, their ruin on this, it means your stealth unit has that much more chance to make it to its... Your sludge has that much more chance to make it to a 5-5, five five, and vice versa. You know, if you're playing your stealth units first, you're chewing up your opponent's abilities to to you're you know you're chewing through your opponent's incidental spells so then your false prince is more likely to survive yeah yeah whichever order you want to do it in all right so yeah so uh, both of us agree thumbs up to false prince i think so yeah it's also very hard 
to summon on uh you know on turn three because it, it's it's got very strict influence requirements time time primal but um if you're in a lesion usually you can manage that but it's very hard to like splash sometimes it's sort of it's like oh i'm in time might as well pick up a false prince and try to play it and just play enough primal that i might be able to play it on turn three i don't think that's usually a good idea i don't think it's really a splashable card yeah i i will say though what's kind of interesting in this format is that units are so small like this is bigger than most five drops so even if you're playing this late you're still you still might be okay um yeah but because of because you're more likely to get hit by a rune if you play it late it's it's not i think in this format it's a little harder to play later okay all right so yeah it's it's complicated it is <laughs> yeah Cool. So on to our seven win run breakdown. This is our long-standing data collection project here at Farming Eternal, where our listeners can send in their seven win drafts to farmingeternal at gmail.com or post them to the seven win channel of the Farming Eternal Discord and either exported deck lists or any kind of Eternal Warcry link. And then we take all this information, um, we compile it into a spreadsheet, and then Alabazoo goes crazy and does a ton of data analysis on it that I can't even understand. Um, and then post it all on the Discord, and then we talk tangentially about it here on this podcast. Yeah, there are some for real charts and data analysis in our data analysis feedback thread now. Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry to say, Albzu, all I got from all of those charts and stuff was that Primal and Huru are on the up and up. Yeah. And they're on the rise or the up and up? Isn't that what up and up means? No, I I don't think so. I think on the up and up means uh, honest. Like, you know, like that guy, you can trust him. He's on the up and up. Yeah, he's that going doesn't up. sound right, does it? <laughs> going up and up. They're going up and up. They're rising. No, I, no I'm looking it up. It's, I guess it, oh, you know what? That's the British, that's the British meaning of on the up and up. Uh, if you, if uh, it says here on the up and up, According to the dictionary online, uh, North American, it means honest or legal, uh, as in investigators wanted to make sure everything we did was on the up and up. That's the that's the version I know. British means steadily improving or becoming more successful, as in his career is certainly on the up and up. So they're both right, but in different parts of the world. Yeah, and since I had just been talking about Abinego, hmm? I, was, I was feeling very British. Alabazoo? Abinego. Abinego from our card oh. of the week. Oh, from the card of the week. Yeah, absolutely. I think if I was in like an Alabazoo mood, I'd be like, what's up, dude? How was the surf? Would you? Hey, man. Okay. That's how I imagine Alabazoo talks. Do you? Do you? <laughs> but, but, but either way. I don't uh, even imagine anyone as real people unless I've met them <laughs> as guests on the podcast. I imagine them as like Pokemon. <laughs> like I imagine them as little creatures. <laughs> oh, really? No. I, I, honestly, I just. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine them yeah. as whatever their name suggests. <laughs> because Alabazoo always does the like groovy hand signal. So. Oh. Okay, I was. And I he lives no on the west coast. About. So I just imagine him like Pete the Cat. Uh, okay, 
I don't know who that is, though. Oh, that's a storybook. And the Pete the Cat likes to say groovy and not worry about anything. Okay. All and right. just surfing. I'm, I'm learning we have a completely different set of cultural references. <laughs> <laughs> a little off topic, but... Uh, a little bit. <laughs> so, so thank you, everyone, for sending in your deck list. As I mentioned earlier, I haven't gotten back to John Holio, so... We still have do not have any names for anyone who sent in a deck list, but we appreciate every single one of you. And uh, thank you to Saitar uh, uh, for entering all of those entering all the lists that they have entered this week, which was quite a lot. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of a lot of good data. Uh, if people are not liking the format, it doesn't mean they're not playing it. Yes. Agreed. All right, so shall we move on to our main topic? Yes. Getting me to masters. No guarantees. Take no prisoners. No guarantees. <laughs> there may be prisoners. <laughs> now I will start a turn-all. Now I will download something. <laughs> oh, oh, why is premature burial super boosted it's a tw it's 20 times boosted a card that no one will play they like to do that i don't understand Ooh, i got a raging bull achievement unlocked that's great so we're gonna do it we're gonna do a draft that's what we're doing um we're looking at the cards and the rare is insider of madness the seven shadow shadow five six at the start of your turn steal and ready a random enemy unit this turn with less Strength than Insider of Madness. Uh, it's a good finisher. Uh, I don't usually like first picking it, though. Um, there's Plunged into the Sea is one of the uncommons. That's the three primal spell that transforms a unit into a 5-5 five, five beast and stuns it. We discussed it on a previous episode. We don't like it very much. There's Tandem Training, the relic that costs four fire primal. And when you attack with exactly two units, they get plus one, plus one. Uh, I, I think it's a strong card, um, but it is a pretty committing way to start a draft. Then there's Orin Jailer, the 3-3 three, three for three justice. When you attack with exactly two units, Orin Jailer gets plus one, plus one. Um, and its Amplify 1 ability is to play Detain. Uh, so... Orange Jailer is uh, usually a pretty happy way to start a draft anyway, but I'll um, I'll note some un some commons that stand out. Really, there's just Detonation Cannon, Concealed Veteran, Telekinetic Shackles, and Mercenary Vanguard, I think. Um, all of those would be okay as first picks. Probably Detonation Cannon would be my favorite of those four. Um, but I, it's Detonation Cannon isn't nearly as strong as Orin Jailer, so I would suggest Jailer as the first pick here. Yes. Have you found Detonation Cannon has gotten worse now that people are playing more Freight Azrays? Oh, um, yeah, I guess, it, I guess it has. I haven't really reevaluated the card uh, considering that. It's still fine as removal, you know? Um, I, yeah. still, I still am in the market for... Uh, efficient removal that occasionally just kills your opponent and uh, it the fact that it doesn't do that secondary thing quite as well doesn't mean that it's not still a fine way to kill a two drop you know how i lost uh, a game uh this past week maybe two weeks ago wow is i was in a horrible situation and my opponent was on seven life and then i thought there was no way to win because they had stabilized and i was a pretty aggressive deck 
And then I top deck detonation cannon and then I double amplified it. And I thought, got this game in the bag. And then my opponent played decay and destroyed my detonation cannon and then gained three life and then survived. Oh dear. And that is the second time this format that I have lost. I've missed lethal to an opponent's decay. That seems unbelievable, doesn't it? I feel like you're being hunted and targeted somehow (laughs) by some kind of decay squad. Like, that card, Decay, seems almost unplayable in this format, and I've lost twice to it. Yeah. No, there's not a lot of there's not a, a lot of attachments and, and that kind of thing, uh, relics and stuff. It's not a main deckable card, really, but uh, occasionally it wins games, so that's going to... those The people who won against you with it are going to continue drafting it and putting it in their decks. <laughs> yes. All right, nothing, so I don't think Nothing will change their not. mind. I agree. It was one of our top uncommons, so there we go. Okay, this next pack, uh, the uncommons are Recruitment Effort. That's the relic that costs three justice the first time a player discards a card each turn, play a 2-2 Awakened Soldier, or uh, make your soldier get plus two, plus two if you already have one in play. There's Reset the Day, which is the seven-time time time spell uh, that makes each player put their hand into their deck and draw seven cards. And Soil Renewal, (laughs) which is the two-shadow relic. At the start of your turn, discard the top two cards of your deck. Kind of a kind of a wretched display of uncommons there. The rare is missing from this pack, um, but there are quite a few commons. There's blood there's blood spear foot soldier. That's the three one for two and fire that has valor. Uh, there's, there's Glen path cutter. That's the two one uh, for one shadow. Uh, and when it goes to your void, you have a unit or weapon in your hand plus two strength. Reliable Troops, the 1-1 one, one for 1 Injustice with Valor, and uh, you can pay 2 to draw Justice Sigil from your deck. Spear Frenzy Warrior, the 4-3 four, for 4 with Reckless and Valor in Fire. Um, and then there's Tandem Shield Bearer and Bottled Insight. Those are both uh, fringe playable primal cards. Some people like Shield Bearer better than me, but I still think it's a uh, tall order to take it this early. And there's an Awakening, uh, the 1 Justice... Uh, discard a card to play 2-1-1 Awakened with Valor. What do you like here? I think Glen Pathcutter is probably the best card here, but I don't know if this is crazy. Lean towards Reliable Troops as a fine Justice card and a card, you know, we people keep talking about how this format doesn't have Plunder and Reliable Troops is a way to make sure you hit your power drops. So I kind of like the card. So I I might take reliable troops here. I think that's justifiable, yeah. Um, Just in case it seems like I was dismissing recruitment effort, I think it's it's a good card if you... But I I think it's not so... it's it's sort of a build around me card, and it's it's you're you're not necessarily going to be able to draft the discard deck, so I think it's a mistake to pick it up this early. But it's a good card if you're in the discard deck; it's practically unbeatable. However, yeah, reliable troops uh, is is perfectly fine. If it's not like a super, I don't know, I, I don't think it's a super strong card, but I don't mind. I don't ever mind playing it, but I do think that because it is a one one for one that replaces itself and that's kind of all it is um that if i have enough of them in my deck i start cutting sigils <laughs> because i don't like to 
play too many one ones for one, no matter whether they replace themselves or not. So, so would we, you lean towards a different card then? Uh, I think Orange Jailer is strong enough that I would be, and Justice is is deep enough in pack one that I would be fine sticking with Justice for another pick. So I think Reliable Troops would be fine. Uh, All right. Like if, so if we we'll weren't doing this troops. together, I'm not sure what I would take honestly because I get into a mode of drafting with someone and then it changes how I think. Right. That's fine. Let's yeah. So we've got a Reliable Troops and an Orange Jailer. This next pack has another Insider of Madness as the rare. Uh, there's a Sentinel Mold, uh, is one of the uncommons. When you play a unit, the top unit of your deck gets plus one strength. Pay three to increase that ability by one strength. That's a one fire relic. Uh, and then there's two uncommons missing. And you're never sure what uncommons are missing, but at least one of them was a primal card. And at least one of them was a time card because there are no time or primal cards. So that's actually a signal. Uh, probably the time card would have been um, would have been the growing mold, right? Yes. And sewer sludge or sludge something. Sludge something. And the primal card was probably one of the five power stealth cards, grizzled guard or the uh, or the four five with berserk. So that's worth knowing. And there's a bunch of commons. All of them are are, are playable. Uh, I guess Orin Brute is the worst one. Uh, but there's a Staunch Protector, the 3-4 for 4, that uh, gives units endurance if you only attack with two of them. There's a Rune of Flame. Uh, cast, uh, that's the power... Oh, it's so hard to describe it uh, in layman's terms. I'm just going to read it. Rune of Flame uh, is the power that gains you fire, and it's depleted unless you've played a sigil this game. Amplify 5 play char which is a spell that does two damage there's a topple kill the enemy unit with the highest strength among all units uh cost three justice mercenary vanguard when you attack with exactly two units they each deal one damage to the enemy player that's a two three for three there's the minister of obeyance the two two flyer for four shadow uh and amplify four it plays inspire obedience which kills an enemy unit and gives all of your units plus one strength for the turn an orin brute which is a two three for two justice Shadow Path Intimidator, which is a 2-2 two, two for 2 shadow, uh, and on summon an enemy unit of your choice can't block this turn, or a player of your choice discards the top two cards of their deck. And then finally, Mod Ready Drone, which is a 2-2 two, two for 3 justice, and when you play it, you can choose between giving it a plus 1, plus 1 weapon, or uh, flying. Yeah, I, th I think we just take Topple here, right? Yeah, you probably take Topple. Um, I think yeah, topple's fine. Might as well stick with mono justice. I like sticking. I, I like staying as mono faction as possible in the first pack if I can, um, and then you have a lot more options later because uh, it's still eternal, which means you're probably going. You, you can just get randomly get cut on your factions if you commit too hard in the first pack. Yeah, yeah. This insider of madness being here is kind of interesting, I guess, but I don't know. Usually it does get picked up a little sooner than that, but if there was if there were two strong uncommons in this pack, which there almost certainly were, um, and then like the last one we saw was the was a first pick. So yeah, all right. So topple it is. And this next pack uh, has uh, only one uncommon remaining, and no no other uncommons in a rare. The uncommon is balm. 
give a unit plus one strength and reckless and draw a card. It's a two primal spell. I haven't been impressed with it. I tried playing with it at the beginning of the format and it just never did what I wanted it to. So I kind of ignore it now. A uh, bunch of good commons because there always are a bunch of good commons in Revelations. Blitzstone, the relic that does two damage to a unit and then gives your next unit plus one strength and charge. Concealed Veteran, the 3-3 with stealth in time. Thorncrawler, the 4-1 lifesteal stealth uh, that can't block. Three Shadow. Leatherhide, three Shadow, three two stealth that uh, gets plus one plus one whenever it hits the enemy player. Uh, Diangelo Racketeers, uh, the 3-2 Argent Port card. Um, when it goes to your void, you can pay two to give to play a 4-3 um, Rune of Trickery. That's the rune that uh, stuns a unit. Rule the Skies, the three primal spell that deals two damage to an enemy unit and does six instead if it has flying, and then another reliable troops. Hmm. This is kind of an interesting pack, because there are definitely some strong comments. Um, so I, I don't know. Do we just stick with Justice and take a second reliable troop, or do we kind of branch out? Like, Blitzstone is a great fire card. Um, Leatherhide is a pretty good shadow card. D'Angelo Racketeers is, I think, a, a great card, and it's we're halfway there already. Um, we are. We don't have any particular way of getting of taking advantage of it. You know, I usually like to be able to discard something. Um, it's fine just to play as a three-two for four, and if they can't immediately kill it, then it's then it's a huge threat. Uh, but um, you're still basically taking a shadow card there. Yeah, no, I agree. I guess I was just thinking if we were taking a, sh a shadow card from this pack, you know, might as well be a D'Angelo. I think I would take D'Angelo Racketeer over Leatherhide, I guess. Is. Uh, yeah, but I would take Thorncrawler over both of them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've gone way up on Thorncrawler since the beginning of the format. It can't block, uh, but... Things with lifesteal sort of don't need to. <laughs> they can just, instead of blocking, gain four life. So you can you don't mind if your opponent hits you with things. Yeah, I still haven't really played with Thorncrawler, so I, I'm I'm not necessarily there yet. But uh, I would definitely take Thorncrawler over Leatherhide. Um, and Racketeers is sort of situational. Yeah. Um, uh, so because we have Jailer, I do think that it's good to make sure that we have enough one, one and two drops. And so I actually, even though I think Blitzstone in a vacuum is probably a better card than Reliable Troops and arguably some of these Shadow cards, here I would still take Troops. Okay, yeah. No, I, I love it. I love it. All right. No Justice cards in this pack. Um, and what can you do? Sometimes that happens. So what we have here is Illuminator. Um is, an, is one of the uncommons remaining. Uh, that's a 3-3 three, three with Overwhelm. It costs four time time, and it gets plus two, plus two on your when you summon it if you've already played a spell this turn. Uh, that's not an unplayable card, um, but it does require a specific deck where you have a lot of ways to actually activate it, because it's not great as a 3-3 three, three with Overwhelm for four. Um, the Another card is Challenger's Axe. That's a 3-3 three, three weapon for five fire fire um and it uh it gives one of your other units plus three plus three for uh on the turn that you summon it and then commons uh there's a bottled insight that's the um that's the one primal 
uh, draw a card, fast spell, amplify two, draw an additional card, then discard a card. There's a tax- tactical expertise, uh, which is the two-time fast spell, gain three health for each attacking unit. There's another concealed veteran. I think we've seen 20 of them now. Uh, three, three for three with stealth. Uh, Spiny Grenadin, which I've seen people play against me constantly, and I don't think I've ever lost to a deck playing it. <laughs> um, there's the Rune of, Rune of Illusion. That's the rune that that plays Ghost Form, uh, which gives one of your units unblockable and lifesteal for the turn, and then a Shadow Path Intimidator. I think I take the Shadow Path Intimidator here. I think I do too, yeah. Um, again, when you have cards like Jailer that just uh, get out of control real fast if you're attacking um, freely with two units at a time, uh, anything that lets you do that is good. And it yes. is a two-drop, and it's a strong two-drop. Yeah, I agree. And then also, yeah, I think that's true. And then also, the, you know, we did have that one pack where time and stuff were missing, so... Yeah. Yeah, we did. Um then, okay, so here we are on pack six, and uh, everything in this pack would be fine to take. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> there's just a lot of good, a lot of good cards in this set. Um, uh, the uncommon remaining is Toxic Cloud, uh, the two, three, for five shadow with deadly and stealth. When it hits the enemy player, they discard a card of their choice. Another Mercenary Vanguard, another Minister of Obeyance, um, the two, two that kills something if you cast it for eight. Uh, another Spear Frenzy Warrior, 4-3 Reckless Valor. Uh, a Battlewise Elite, that's the 2-2 two, two for two time with Valor. You gain two health when uh, you summon it. Another Leatherhide. Uh, and then an Inquisitive Alchemist, which is the 4-4 four, four for five Justice with Stealth. Um, and when it goes to your Void, the top unit or weapon of your deck gets plus two, plus two. Yeah, I guess for me, this is between Alchemist and Toxic Cloud. Yeah, I like Toxic Cloud fine. Um, it is kind of small, even though its abilities are very good. So Yeah, it is. I've been surprised about how little I've played against Toxic Cloud. And then every time I play against it, I'm just like, how do I deal with this thing? It's just like, yeah. it's, I don't know. It feels like it is small, but boys, it's like a headache. Yeah, it can be. Um, it's definitely a headache if it gets evasion, and then it also always has the option to to trade with something. Um, so yeah, it's 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 certainly a good card, and I'm happy to play it. Um, I would say that Alchemist is better for what we're doing right now because the fact that we're seeing it uh, sixth, I think, is is means that Justice is as open as it ever is, and so I'm. Happy to keep taking justice cards. I'm a little right. worried that other that other factions are more open than justice, but again, it's a deep color, so I would yes. still take Alchemist here. Uh, yeah, I think that Shadow probably maybe is more open, but it's not so open that we're seeing like path cutters, you know. So um, yes, and we so you we... know we can still go into Shadow. It's fine. Yeah, so we take Inquisitive Alchemist there. Yeah, we do. Um, and then this next pack has another Concealed Veteran. I think there's been one in every pack now. And uh, there's a Rune of Law. That's the rune that plays Saddle Up, which gives one of your units plus four, plus four for the turn. There's another Orin Brute. Gives any unit. Gives any unit. That's right. We, we looked that up earlier. 
Um, there's another Rune of Illusion. That's the shadow one that plays Ghost Form. There's uh, Infused with Venom, the fast spell that gives a unit plus two health and deadly for a turn for, for three in time. And a Nectar Snare Lotus, uh, two, three for four in time with Killer. I think I take Rune of Law here. Yeah, I agree. I think Rune of Law is fine. Uh, basically just add value into our deck without costing it anything. Uh, this next pack um, ha- I, has uh, both, there's no Shadow or Justice cards, so that's never great, but uh, we'll be fine. Um, one of the commons is Surprise Raid, that's the two Primal Shadow um, spell uh, with Life Steal that does two damage to an enemy and it draws a card if you have a hidden unit. There's another Rule of the Skies, does two damage or six damage to a flyer. Another Concealed Veteran, because of course. And uh, Bloodspear, Foot Soldier, 3-1 for two, Fire with Valor, and another Blitzstone. I think they Blitzstone? Yeah, I think Blitzstone's fine here. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a fine pick. I, I almost want Foot Soldier just because we do want two drops, but I think we'll get enough two drops probably. Um... So we took Blitzstone, and this next pack, uh, the commons remaining are another surprise raid, a, a burnished Grenahawk, which is the 1-4 uh, three-fire primal flyer. You can pay four to give it um, plus three strength this turn. And then a Rampaging Commando, which is a 3-1 for three-fire with stealth and its ultimate abilities. At the start of your turn, you reveal it to play Rampage and give something plus three, plus one, and Overwhelm. Uh, it's just too much of a stretch to do anything but get take Rampage and Commando here. It's a perfectly good pickup. Yeah, I I agree. We're just like too far from Burnished Grand Hawk and Surprise Raid. Yeah, it would be quite a splash. Um, and then this next pack has a Boiling Geyser. That's a one primal um, fast spell. Deal three damage to an enemy unit that was played this turn. A Rune of Trickery. Uh, pl- uh, that's the one that uh, stuns a unit. And then Talent Kinetic Shackles. The one-time prevent all damage an enemy of your choice would deal this turn, amplify three to prevent all damage from another enemy. I don't think Telekinetic Shackles should go this late, but I also don't think that we should take it here. So I guess maybe several people also made the same kind of determination from this pack. <laughs> yeah, like the I guess the only thing, the argument for Telekinetic Shackles is the fact that it's this late means that maybe time will be open, even though we are very far from it. Yeah, it might be open in the future. Um, and I think in a normal, in a set that doesn't have runes, uh, I would absolutely say that that was, that was, uh, is the best argument. But because Rune of Trickery is a pretty strong uh, card to have in your deck anyway, <laughs> if your influence requirements aren't too bad, you can splash Rune of Trickery and have a way to just stun things um, when you have five spare power. Um, yeah. it, not, it won't necessarily make the deck. But it's fine. I've played Rune of Trickery in Ricano decks before. All right. So, yeah, I think that was the other argument. So let's take Rune of Trickery. Let's do it. Um, there's two commons left here, which are Diplomatic Immunity, the 0-3 Relic Weapon for two, uh, which creates a Treasure Trove when you um, summon it. And the Treasure Trove draws a card, of course, for two power. And then another Rampaging Commando, which is a clear pick here. That's totally fine. All right. So let's take the second Rampaging Commando. And then there's another Rune of Trickery as our last pick here, which is fine. I consider that a gift as a last pick. Doesn't necessarily make the deck, but maybe. Uh, so our current deck is two Reliable Troops, 
uh, Shadow Path Intimidator, Orin Jailer, Rampaging Commando, Inquisitive Alchemist, Blitzstone Topple, Rune of Law, and Rune of Trickery. Uh, so I guess we are pretty locked into Justice. We would have to throw out a lot of picks um, to... Yes, I will say all it. our Justice picks were early. They were pretty early, yeah, that's true. Um, but everything else was pretty open. Um, so whatever, our, we can. We just need to decide on our second faction here mm-hmm. and, and kind of focus on that. Uh, Fire was open pretty late. Shadow was open pretty late. Possibly Primal, though the runes, uh, it's a little hard to tell. Yeah. Um, but uh, because we have these rampaging commandos, uh, it's going to be hard to get, and Blitzstone and stuff, it, it's, it's hard to get away from this as a fairly aggressive deck. So we should be looking for both things that, uh, units that can attack well, and then spells and effects that, that let them attack. Oh, so you would like uh, some spells or effects that like things well, that make things easier to attack, you say? Yeah, I do. Uh, there might be something like that in this in this very pack. So let's take a look at the pack. The rare is over Max Wand, which is a five primal three three weapon. Uh, when you transform one or more cards, the wielder deals three damage to the enemy player. Super weird card that I've never seen anyone play in draft. Uh, and then there's a roving workshop. That's an uncommon four six five uh, for a four six sentinel for five fire justice. When you amplify a card, play a Valkyrie with plus one plus one for each amplify and flying. Do we have anything that amplifies? We have runes of law and rune of trickery. That would be kind of fun. There's an initiation bell. That's the uh, three time. Relic, once per turn, you can pay one to create and draw a 2-2 uh, with Endurance if you've played a spell this turn. Um, and then you're hiding the other thing from me, so I'll just uh, do it from memory. <laughs> There's a Beacon of War, which is uh, a three-fire Relic. When one of your units attacks, it gets plus one strength this turn and amplify one to exhaust an enemy unit. Uh, and then there's a bunch of commons. I'm just going to talk about the ones that sort of stand out. I, don't, I think it's too early to take a Loyal Watchwing. Um, there's a Curator Spear, the 2-1 Shadow Weapon. Uh, I guess Vainglory Patrol, 3-1 for, Flyer for 4. A Lightning Strike, um, 2 Primal to deal 4 damage to an attacking creature. There's Learned Herbalist, uh, that's the 2-2 um, fixing faction, uh, Influence Fixing Unit for Time. And I guess there's a Magmatic Sentinel. Yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, so, I mean, you were looking at Beacon of War, I'm assuming, and I do think Beacon of War is a really strong card, especially in a deck like the one that we seem to be drafting. Yeah, I think for me, it would probably be between Beacon of War and Lightning Strike. Yeah, Lightning Strike is is a, is a very strong card. I do think I would go Beacon of War here. I think it's a really strong card. I've heard arguments against it, but um, I think it often wins the game the turn that it comes down, and then, of course, it gives your units a bonus. Um, yeah, no, have... Beacon of War, I think we uh, we went up and up on it last format as we talked about it, Yeah, uh, you know, because this is a set 10 card, and I I still feel like now that it is a very strong card, so I'm always happy to play a Beacon of War. It lets units attack that might otherwise not have been able to. Like, Reliable Troops is super hard to, to, to just stonewall if it's attacking like uh as a two one with valor you know like there's not a whole lot of things that can that can block it 
So this next pack has, well, a super easy pick. Uh, the rare is Steel Fang Chakram, or however you pronounce that card. Uh, four fire uh, weapon that gives plus four, plus zero, and on its Entomb, you draw Steel Fang Chakram from your void. This is the kind of card where you don't even need to look at the rest of the pack. There is a Plate Grafter here, and uh, but you just take Chakram if you're already in fire. Yeah, so let's do that. I mean, yeah, Plate Grafter is kind of interesting because market access is a little hard to find. The grafters are good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Theoretically more justice, but that is changing by the moment here. Yeah, Shikram is a card that I've splashed for um, and would do so again. It's super good. Yeah, we're getting hooked up a little. Um, But also in a very, like, oh, now we're committed to our factions sort of way. But that's okay. Uh, so here we are in uh, in the third pack of uh, pack two. The uncommons are Temple Scribe, the one one for two time times on summon. You gain one health and draw a card. Frost Wave, which is the one primal fast spell, stun an enemy unit and amplify three to stun an additional enemy unit. And then the one we went whoo for the fourth tree elder, uh, four six uh, for six justice justice with flying and endurance. Uh, and then a bunch of commons, um, some of which are fire commons. Gaudy Showman, the 4-1 for 3 fire that exhausts an enemy unit when you summon it. Uh, Magma Javelin, the 4-1 for 4 relic weapon. Renegade Valkyrie, the flying and double damage, 1-2 for 4 fire justice. Uh, I do think 4th Tree Elder is still a really good finisher. And it's uh, one of the cards that you sort of hope to see if you're in, if you're thinking of playing justice. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I, think any of these comments are better. I, I'm excited by this pack in the sense that there's a fourth tree elder. Someone picked a common over fourth tree elder and these fire commons, which are Gaudy Showman, Magma Javelin, and uh, to a lesser extent, Centaur Outrider. I mean, if you're if you're super committed after pack one to your factions, then I can see that happening. But also, that's one of the reasons why you don't want to be super committed after your first um after your first pack, so you don't have to pass a fourth tree, fourth tree elder second pick. So we took the fourth tree elder, and here we are with another pack. Uh, there's a there's a Mabeloff quartermaster as an uncommon. That's the three three that draws cards when you amplify in primal. There's another roving workshop, which actually would be totally playable in our deck now. Uh, it goes with it goes with beacon of war real well. Um, there's also some commons. Uh, and I'm going to, the ones that aren't fire or justice are not so attractive to drag us away. So I'll just say the fire and justice ones. There's a trail torch, cinder paw, two, two for four fire, fire with charge. And it gains, uh, strength equal to the highest strength among your other units. When you summon it, there's into the furnace that deals two damage. It's a fast spell that deals two damage to a unit and it deals double damage. If you have a grenadine in your void. And then a Bastion Gatekeeper, which is a 3-1 for 2 justice. Uh, on summon, you plunder, and once per turn, you can pay 3 to double its stats for this turn. Yes. Yeah, easy, Roving Workshop is kind of interesting right? with Beacon of War. Yeah. I think I would still lean towards Bastion Gatekeeper, personally, because yeah. when it's a tough choice, I think it's better to lean towards the cheaper card. Um we- we also don't have any two drops so far, and we really do want a strong one and two drop uh, yes. game in order to play Jailer effectively. 
Yep, and you know, plunder is a bonus in this format, so I think that's great. I think plunder goes really well with like a lot of reliable troops because you can tend to have a lot of sigils in your hand. Yeah. Uh, I also want to point out that we have two Rampaging Commandos, and if you play Bastion Gatekeeper and then uh, Rampaging Commando the next turn, you turn Bastion Gate Gatekeeper into a 6-2 that you can then immediately double into a 12-4. If you yeah. feel like it. <laughs> that seems great. So Bastion Gatekeeper it is. Yeah. Uh, into the Furnace would have also been a fine pick, but I think Gatekeeper's got a lot more upside um, in this situation. So this next pack has some cards in it. Uh, there's a Workshop Tinker. It's 2-2 two, two for 2 Justice um, with Endurance. You can discard a card to create and draw a Tinker, which is a, card, a spell that says um, Scout, and then give the top unit or weapon of your deck plus 2 plus 2. Yes. Um, there are... Let's see. There's a, there's a Rebuke, 2, five, two Justice spell that silences and stuns a unit. There's a, there's a Recogulator, the 2-2 two, two for 4 Fire. When it dies, you play 2-1-1 one, one Grenadine. There's a Sanguine Sword. Sometimes that's a card that's worth um, even, even splashing for if you have a bunch of reliable troops that are good to sacrifice to it. Um, yeah, I here, think I just take the Tinker here. Yeah, Tinker is a perfectly fine card. Uh, it's sometimes a good way to get rid of extra sigils and get some value off of them. Um, if you've got Inquisitive Alchemist and Tinker in your hand, then you can just throw out the Alchemist on your second turn and get a bonus. It's a good card. Um, I, I've gone up on Workshop Tinker a lot. Uh, I think it helps that there's discard synergy in this set. Yes, I agree. I mean, less so in Rakano, but still, two drops are good in Rakano, so. Yeah. Um, a 2-2 two -two for Endurance with for two is fine. What am I saying? Two two for two two with endurance for two. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. Um, this next pack, uh, there's a rare left, which is Traveler's Fair. Uh, that's the six cost relic, uh, factionless relic. Once per turn, you can pay six to draw a card from your market. So there's your market access. I've had that card played against me in this format too. Uh, it was too slow. Uh, shockingly enough, too slow to keep me from winning that game. Uh, <laughs> um, there's uh, uh, the Ricano, uh, There's two cards in our colors. Uh, I don't think the others are going to drag us away. So there's another Tinker, another Workshop Tinker, and then a Granite Acolyte. That's uh, three fire, two one on summon. You play a, a plus two strength Iron Sword on one of your units. What do you think? I don't know. I guess Acolyte? I mean, I feel like we're probably pretty committed to Rakano, so... Yeah. Um... Yeah, we I do think have we have three three drops and only two two drops right now. Though reliable troopers are kind of like a two drop. Yeah, they give you something to do on turn two, but they're not as good. It's not as good as just playing a unit. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. Um, so I don't know. Uh, are uh, you thinking Tinker? I'm actually thinking Tinker, yeah. I think in a vacuum, Granite Acolyte is a stronger card. Um, but I think we have actually quite a few of the, that kind of effect already. Rampaging Commando gives you a bunch of attacking damage for a turn. Jailer keeps growing. Um, and and also on it, on the turn that you play it, you, um, you can clear the way for attacks. So I actually think it's more important to work on our curve than to yeah. give bon give bonuses. Uh, yeah. The Steel Fang does the same thing. Beacon of War does the same thing. We have actually a lot 
of that kind of effect that keeps your earlier units relevant. And we don't have any flyers except for fourth tree elder, which really doesn't need a sword. Yeah, no, that's true. I guess I was also thinking that, you know, Grand Acolyte, kind of like um, Beacon of War, does synergize with reliable troops in the sense that reliable troops now kills anything, more or less. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It does have that effect. I'm just saying we have a lot of that kind of effect right now, and I think uh, I, I just lean towards filling out our curve over um, cards that are stronger in a vacuum. Normally, I love Granite Acolyte. Uh, yeah, I just okay. don't think our deck is set up that well to take advantage of it right now. Okay, let's take Tinker then. Yeah, that's a debatable choice, but I think it's fine. Um, this next pack was, well, I mean, the, the Uncommon is um, a fire card. It's a flame pack incinerator. That's the 5-5 five, five for 7 fire fire uh, with flying, and you draw a card when you draw it if you have a Valkyrie in play. Uh, the other cards are not fire or justice. Neither are they strong cards, particularly. The strongest ones would probably be the time cards, um, and that's Refresh, which is the fast spell that gives yourself or a unit plus four health, and Skyguard Sentinel, uh, which is a uh, five-five for six time that has flying on the enemy's turn. I'm really not happy if I'm playing a flame pack incinerator. Yeah, I'm not either. It's fun. It's it's a card that I often would put in mark in my market back when it was a new card. Yeah. Um, and it's not the worst thing. Like it's a you want your five five flyer to cost like six really. Otherwise, it starts feeling kind of expensive. Um, but I also don't think even if we play Combray that Skyguard Sentinel or or Refresh are are going to be like are going to have that that high of a possibility of making it in our deck so i think we just take the incinerator and if we end up very short on playables then we just throw it in there oh i yeah i you know this is a thing that i sam black has said he's a, a magic pro he's talked about on a couple podcasts like when the choice is between a totally filler card that you don't really want to play and a possibly playable card in a totally different strategy, you might as well just take the uh, the other card in the chance that just in case you do have to pivot. And I mean, I agree, we're very unlikely to pivot, but I, I well, think if we played Combray, I'd be happy to play a refresh, especially because if we're in Combray, we currently have no tricks. Sure. Um, All right, we can take the refresh. Uh, and I'm, again, we're unlikely to play it. Yeah. Yeah. I think Incinerator is a little better than that. Um, you do want sort of finishers, but uh, you're right. We're unlikely. We're very unlikely to play it. Also, there's barely any Valkyries in the format right now, so it's really unlikely to use its special ability. Uh, here is another pack. Uh, obviously, time is a little bit open from this direction. Uh, because one of the commons is Humbug Nest. That's uh, three time time, play two, one, one Humbugs with flying. It's a fast spell. Uh, there's another Quartermaster. That's the three, three that draws when you um, amplify. There's a Detain, which is a one justice fast spell, give an enemy unit minus six strength this turn. And then the other cards are Faceless One and Shield Bash. Yeah, I think Detain might be fine. Yeah, I think Detain is fine. It's not the best trick in the world, but uh, when you need a certain amount of interaction um, and tricks, and detain is fine. 
Yeah, and I, I think what's nice about Detain in like a color like Rakano is that you have so many low toughness units that it can allow, you know, like once you, if you rampaging commando, you know, I don't know, like a reliable troops or something. I don't, I don't, you wouldn't necessarily do this, but this, if you rampaging commando itself, right? If you rampage a rampaging commando and you're now attacking with a 6 2 overwhelm, you can then use detain, save your rampaging commando, do a bunch of overwhelm damage, and then be able to continue attacking with your 3 1 or something. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it has its uses. It yeah, also it lets stops, you attack one more time, uh, yeah. A con- a concoction attack, which is kind of nice, often. It does. It does stop concoction. Um, and it has, you know, sometimes you can't help but end up in a racing situation and Detain gives you an additional turn. It's nice. Uh, this next pack has a Pyre Adept, 3-1 three one, uh, three one with no text for two fire. Uh, there's uh, a Decay, which is obviously the best card in the world, so we should take it. There's another Refresh. Um, and then an unexpected arrival, which is uh, the two-time fast spell. Give one of your units plus one, plus one. A unit in your hand, plus one, plus one. And a unit in your market, plus one, plus one. Each has its cost reduced by one. It says yeah, one, I was going to make the joke easy card. decay, but you made it for me. So I guess we'll take Pyre Yeah, we can take Pyre Adept. And then this next pack, uh, Realign the Stars, the three primal um, fast spell that draws a card with Amplifier of your choice from your deck. That's the primal card. There's a Cut Brush Cartographer. There's also an Argent Port Soldier, which is way better than the Pirate Depth we took in the last pack. It's a 3-2 for two. Injustice of all things. Yeah, sounds great. We're taking it. Uh, just primal cards in this next pack. There's a Campfire Watchman and a Weather the Storm. Might as well take the Uncommon, I guess. And then uh, Violent Gust. Deal five damage to a unit with flying. Uh, it's another primal card. None of those are indications that primal is open, just that no one wanted those cards at all. So right now, the current state of the deck is we've got two reliable troops, an Argent Port Soldier, Bastion Gatekeeper, Pyre Adept, two Workshop Tinkers, Orin Jailer, Rampaging Commando, Inquisitive Alchemist, and Fourth Tree Elder. Those are our units. Uh, so I'm not worried about our curve. It looks fine like we wouldn't have even have to pick up any more two drops and we'd be fine that's a good position to be in because it takes the pressure off um and our three drops are strong mostly as attackers then our attachments are blitzstone beacon of war and steel fang shakram all of which are good ways of, of of clearing the way and or making our units able to attack our spells are detain and topple and then um we have a rune of law and two of the blue rune so this is fine. It's looking like a, a reasonable, aggressive deck without any super great power card. Well, you know what? We have two really good, powerful cards, 4-3 Elder and Steel Fang Shikram. So we're, we're, I think we're in good shape. Yeah, and we have an Orm Jailer. We have some good cards. We have some very good cards, yeah. yeah. I, and, then and I love, filler. I absolutely love your Bastion Gatekeeper Rampaging Commando line. Yeah, isn't that fun? <laughs> I hope that happens at least once because that's actually quite good. Um, so this next pack, we're into pack three. Uh, the rare is Form Bend. That's the one primal transform a unit or relic into an elemental with uh, strength and health equal to its cost. Uh, and then I think everything that's not Rakano is going to be less and less relevant. So I'll I'll run right through some of these. The uncommons are Campfire Watchman, Frostbite Chrysalis, and Umbran Death Watcher. 
Uh, relevant commons for us, I believe, are another workshop tinker, a seek power, draw a sigil of your choice from your deck for one, and a finest hour, which is give a unit plus three plus three this turn, uh, one justice, fast spell. Yeah, so I I guess the question for me, I, I, I'm leaning towards finest hour. So am I. Yeah. I guess there's a in, maybe an argument for seek in that it helps fixing and it would allow us to play our two runes of trickery. But finest hour is a pretty good card. Yeah, I think finest hour is fine. Uh, also, runes of trickery aren't sigils. Seek power can't get them. Um, no, seek power can't get them, but it allows us, you know, seek power is in a sense like a dual source. So it, it, it allows you to play, you know, it gives you another source of your fire. And I guess I was saying it gives you another source of your fire and justice. So you're more able to play more off faction. Yes, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Yeah, there's an argument for that. I think Finest Hour is uh, exactly what we're looking for here, though, so we might as well just take it. But yeah, Seek Power, there's an argument for that as well, if the Finest wasn't there. Uh, this next pack has another form bend as the rare. Uh, so uh, if you've got any conspiracy theories about the randomness, uh, feel free to let those run riot in your mind. The uncommons are the one. There's an uncommon missing, uh, and the other two are isolate the two justice fast spell kill an enemy unit that is attacking alone, um, and then a blade can apprentice. That's the one one for two fire uh, with quick draw, and when it attacks, it gets plus one strength. Um, and then there's I don't know the commons are there's rally your units get plus two strength this turn for three fire. It's a fast spell. There's an Oathkeeper's Hammer, a card that I don't hate, um, but also don't love. Uh, it's a 2-2 weapon with lifesteal for 6 justice. And then I guess Mortar is a splashable card um, that is a 4 fire primal, deal 4 damage. It's a fast spell. Yeah, I, I think this is a pretty easy Bladekin Apprentice. I agree. I think it's a strong card. And we have yeah. a lot of support for giving it... Uh, additional strength so that it can attack safely and grow the way it likes to. Yes. I, like Rampaging Rampaging Commando is a great follow-up to Blade Can Apprentice too, you know? Exactly. So, and Blitzstone is a good thing to play right before it. Yeah, it's a good card. Uh, this next pack, uh, the uncommons are Horse Snatcher Bat, the 5-3 for 6 Shadow Shadow with Flying and Quick Draw. I don't think we can take it here. And then Tools of Oppression, a card that I always want to play, but I very rarely actually put in a deck. That's the factionless three power relic. Uh, once per turn, you can discard a card to stun an enemy unit. Uh, this is If you're playing Argentport in this format, this is a super good card. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun if you've got a good discard deck. Uh, the commons are, there's a Pyre Elemental. It's a 4-3 for 6 fire with charge. Uh, it costs 3 less if you played a spell this turn. There's a gun down, which is kind of the easy pick here, I think. Uh, deal five damage to an enemy unit without quick draw. Costs five uh, fire. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I've lost to someone who had a great Pyre Elemental deck this format, so I think that is possible to do, but... It's possible. It certainly is. It's the sort of deck that can also play Illuminator, you know. Um, if you have a lot of... Uh, 
uh, blueprints and seek powers and that kind of thing, and you're just throwing four threes uh, that only cost three at your opponent on turn four, yeah, it's totally fine. But um, it's actually hard to make that deck, and we don't have it. Yes. Oh, finally, an interesting pick. Okay, um, this this pack, uh, the Uncommons are Borderlands Waitkeeper, Fevered Scout, and Minotaur Lighthoof. Uh, I think we're pretty locked into Rakano, so we'll just talk about Fevered Scout. That's the 2-2 two, two for 3 fire. When you play a spell, Fevered Scout gets plus 2, plus 2 this turn. Uh, the Commons are Send to Market. Put a unit into, your, in, into its owner's market. It's a fast spell. It costs 6 Justice Justice. There's a Shock Troops. That's the 1-1 one, one for 1 Justice. When you amplify a card, play uh plus three plus three weapon on shock troops there's an oni samurai that's the one two for one justice with warcry hmm i i i don't know here i've not been taking shock troops very much recently and right now we theoretically have we have two guaranteed ways for amplify and then also two Ruin of Trickeries, so that's pretty light. I found it harder to get enough Amplify in this format for Chop Troops. It's a little harder. I think you're missing one card that has Amplify, maybe. We have the Rune of Law, uh, which activates on five. We have the Beacon of War, and then also Orange Jailer as an Amplify card. Oh, yeah, Orange Jailer, you're right. I forgot about Orange Jailer. Yes, yeah, and then the two Ruin of Trickeries, uh, potentially, Yep, as a splash. Yeah, it's pretty uh, good. Then send to market is still six cost, so that makes me a little hesitant. Um, Oni Samurai is kind of interesting, but I don't, I don't know if I'm the type of person that puts an Oni Samurai into their deck. So yeah, it can be it can be tough because it's really it's really good on turn one usually, and that, that and then that's it. Yes. But we could be that kind of deck that just wants one drops. Uh, yeah, I mean, Orange Jailer is the only card that um, that benefits from attack, like the early units attacking directly. Yeah, uh, though, like a Oni Samurai on one, and then a Blitzstone on two to kill theirs, get in for a Warcry. Oh sure, yeah. It's not that it doesn't have any support, but what you really want is that the Oni Samurai can attack like two or more times um, and, or else have a way to remain relevant later. Then turn but three, we do have, war. We no, do have packing. a few ways of doing that, yeah. Then turn four, you put a chakram on it. I mean, we've just won <laughs> the game. Yeah, yeah, you did. If everything went really well, then you just won. Um, yeah, no, I don't hate it. Uh, we still then, only got... 13 units, but we're definitely playing all of them at this point. Yes. So what So what are you thinking, then? Uh, be, I, th I think Shock Troops still doesn't have enough support for me to want it at this point. I'm not sure that we're going to be playing the Primal Runes. And I often end up cutting Shock Troops from my decks when I even though I think that it's, I probably will usually be able to activate them. Um, I usually need need to have more runes at this point than than we have now. Um, that I'm definitely going to play because we might not play the trickeries. So, Santa uh, Market is pretty expensive. I'm just looking at our removal to see if we have enough. We've got Blitzstone, and we have Gun Down, and we have 
uh, topple. And it's pretty good. Hmm. We don't have enough spells where Fevered Scout is actually going to be good, I don't think. So I don't think that's a consideration. No, that's not really on my radar. Yeah, my also my thing with Send to Market is I'm a little lower on it because we do have the Fourth Tree Elder, and that's like really the sixth drop that I want to play. And so I'm like a little worried about playing Fourth Tree Elder and a bunch of clunky removal. It does raise our curve. Um, I think having a top and a gun down already, I, usually we're going to be able to handle things. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like we need the send to market necessarily. And also send to market tends to need to target the kind of things that you want topple for anyway. And we can pick up another topple in the last pack if we want one, probably. So I guess we're kind of down to Oni Samurai here. Um oof sort of not crazy about it but we, it does have some support um it's probably fine like uh, you you can rune of law it later in the game you can you can throw a rampaging commando on it there actually are a lot of ways of getting it to attack again so we're doing it yeah let's do it let's take an oni samurai all right first Ooh. time for everything that was an exciting pack uh, this next pack has a, another Fevered Scout. Uh, let's just remember that R Rampaging Commando does cast a spell, so Fevered Scout would be uh, a 7-5 a <laughs> with, with, <laughs> with uh, uh, Overwhelm if we, uh, if we put a Rampaging Commando on it. Uh, I'm not saying that we should pick it because of that. I'm just saying that Rampaging Commando uh, uh, combines with some things very well. Uh, another yeah, card, I mean, uh, that is true for Fevered Scout. We do have a sort of deceptive number of spells because we do have two Workshop Tinkers. We also have the Orange Jailer that plays a spell. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, actually, Orange Jailer is insane <laughs> with Fevered Scout because it, ca it, cast it casts uh, separate versions of Detain for every Amplify, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that would Scout be really cute. should have Overwhelm. It should, yeah. And that's why you have Rampaging Commandos. <laughs> um, it's a little, it seems a little clunky, but I wouldn't hate uh, taking it. Uh, another card here, though, is Zoltan Arbalist. That's the 1-4 Relic Weapon for 4 Justice Justice. It has Warcry. It gets plus 2 Strength on the turn you summon it. Um, and it also reveals itself to your opponent when you draw it, and you gain one uh, one shield. Or one armor, rather. Uh, there's also a Metalcraft Cadet, the 1-1-2 one, one, Justice Valkyrie. There's our Valkyrie, uh, if we have the card. Wait, do we have the card? What did we take? We don't. We took, I took a refresh. <laughs> oh, okay, right. We took a refresh. Never mind then. Uh, yeah, on principle. Uh, it's, it's got flying, uh, and when you draw at the top unit of, or weapon of your deck, it's plus one, plus one. Totally playable card. Uh, another playable card is Hot Blood Barbarian. That's 2-1 for 2 fire. Has Berserk. And uh, on summon, you can discard a card in order to create and draw Temper. And Temper is a spell that does one damage and then uh, gives Warcry to the top. Uh, it does has a Warcry effect as well. So a lot of Warcry effects this pack. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's just, I think it's Zoltan Arbalist. Yeah, Zoltan Arbalist is a real strong card. Yeah. Probably could have just said there's an Arbalist in this pack and nothing else measures up. But I just want to paint a picture. So this is another real interesting pack. Oh, man. It's an easy pick. 
there's some cards, but there's also a Barricade Basher, which is a 5-5, five, five, three fire uh, card with Reckless, and when you summon it, you discard a card. Uh, it it sucks getting this thing toppled, but um, also sometimes they don't have topple. Usually they don't. Yeah, I Unfortunately, all we have right now is the one alchemist to discard, but you know that's okay. Oh, I mean, no, there was no discard synergy in the pack in the in the set where Barricade Basher was particularly, and every, everyone everyone still played it. I know there was no removal in that format either. Though. <laughs> that's true. Um, I still think it's worth playing. Plus, like nobody is prepared for Basher. You know, they're prepared for other threats, and so yeah. then Basher just runs them over. Um, I think it's definitely worth it. Uh, this next pack has a Rebuke uh, and a Hot Blood Barbarian and a Magmatic Sentinel, which I think is not the deck that we're playing. Um, that's a lot of Borderlands Waykeepers. This is another one, uh, but I don't think uh, we're taking that. So it's either a Hot Blood Barbarian or Rebuke here. I think we've got enough interaction at this point to where we just want strong attackers. Hot Blood Barbarian does a pretty good job. Yes. All right. Hot Blood Barbarian it is. Uh, this next pack has a reasonably strong, uncommon Hard Cyclop- Cyclops. That's a 4-3 for 4 Fire Fire. Uh, it's Amplify 2 is Exhaust an Enemy Unit. Now I sort of wish that we had the Shock Troops. We're going to end up with just with enough just regular cards that have Amplify on them <laughs> that we could activate it all the time. All right, so Hard Cop, Hard, Cy- hard Cy- Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah, I'm, this is like a card I'm not super excited about usually because it's the double, it has double fire, but yeah. Yeah, but this close to the end of a pack, it's fine. Um, and then this next pack has an Ice Bow, Junk Obstructor, Flash Freeze, and Towering Terrazon. So I guess Junk Obstructor. I guess, but we're not going to play it. I would rather take the Flash Freeze in case we somehow end up playing Primal. All right, yeah, Flash Freeze it is. Uh, this next pack has a f- false prince. Finally, false prince. We spent half the episode talking about it, and another flash freeze and another ice bow. So pretty much the same argument. If we were going to splash for one f- flash freeze, we'd splash for a second one. Uh, there's a hardiness and a curator spear in this next pack. Uh, doesn't matter what we take. Hardiness goes oh. great with our uh, shock troop we didn't take. Yep. And then another violent gust. The last card in both packs two and packs three. Uh, so, shall we run down what we've got one more time? Yeah. All right. Our units are Oni Samurai, uh, two reliable troops, Argentport Soldier, Bastion Gatekeeper, Bladekin Apprentice, Hot Blood Barbarian, Pyre Adept, Workshop Tinker times two, Orin Jailer, Barricade Basher, two Rampaging Commandos, a Hard Cy- Cyclops, Inquisitive Alchemist, and Fourth Tree Elder. Our attachments. Our Blitzstone, Beacon of War, Steel Fang, Shakram, Zoltan Arbalist. Our spells are Detain, Finest Hour, Topple, and Gun Down. And our power, as you, as before, is a Rune of Law and two Runes of Trickery. Um, pack four here, the rare is Subversion Slug. That's the five shadow, six four with stealth. And uh, when the enemy plays a spell directly on Subversion Slug, reveal it to negate that spell and then steal it and play it from the void. Um, all right, so the uncommons are not really in Rakano. I guess Valkyrie Station is, but I don't think we're going to play Valkyrie Station. Valkyrie Station is the three justice relic. At the end of your turn, play a 2-2 Valkyrie with flying if you have seven armor or more. Otherwise, gain one armor. Um, yeah. yeah. 
I just realized that you have to start the end of your turn with seven armor already. In order to make yeah. the Valkyrie. That makes it a lot worse than I thought it was. For some reason in my head, it was gain one armor. Now if you have seven armor or more, make a Valkyrie. But that's not what it is. You have to already have seven armor at the at the during your turn to make yeah the it's one one more turn than you thought and you don't gain any more armor uh it's worse than i thought and it's already a pretty uh i don't know i've never seen this thing actually good sometimes it gains enough life to make it hard to kill someone but that's about it um okay so our commons uh relevant commons i guess is just another rampage in commando because everything else is not really in our colors yeah, uh, there's also an agile strike, which is not a card that I'm ever excited about playing. That's the one fire fast spell that deals one damage and gives a unit or weapon in your hand plus one strength. I cut this constantly from my decks, but I'm often forced to just sort of pick them. Yeah, I will say I've done this once. It's kind of cute with Chakram. Oh, sure. Yeah, it would make the Chakram permanent, permanently a five, uh, a five zero weapon. It is cute. Absolutely. Uh, so here, this next pack, uh, we've got some choices. There's a Recycle, Sacrifice a Unit or Relic to play 3-1-1 Grenadin. It's a fast spell that costs two fire. Another Valkyrie Station. Uh, a Searing Strike, which is a great card, but I don't think we're going to splash time just for a Searing Strike. And then our relevant commons are a Topple, a Blitzstone, and a rule and a Rune of Law. I guess I lean towards Blitzstone. I don't know if that's... There's a couple of arguments for it. Uh, one is that... You want to be able to attack with Jailer the turn that it comes down. You want to be able to attack with Barricade Basher the turn it comes down. Uh, an argument against it is that Rampaging Commando sucks with Blitzstone because um, if you attack with it, you don't get the you don't get the spell. Mm -hmm. And we have three of them. Yes, that's true. Bladekin Apprentice is good with Blitzstone. Um, nothing else like stands out as being particularly good with it. I guess only Samurai might get an attack in on a later turn when it otherwise wouldn't. It's really good with Jailer and Basher um, and that's a, and Blade can apprentice and that's about it. Yes. I mean it is, still does two damage which is... Oh it still good. kills something, yeah. The question is whether we need to kill something small or kill something large. Right. Um, and that's what, the that's what taking a second topple would be. Or just taking Rune of Law and increasing the number of effects in our deck without taking up a card slot. Yes, and we do have... I think our deck is pretty good. So we have far. a complete deck, basically. We have 18 playable units and four spells and four attachments. So that's uh, 26 cards already. We'll definitely be able to make a full deck. So I would lean towards the Rune because it just gives us an extra spell without taking up um, any room in our deck. Yeah, let's take the run then. And that, it might, that might seem a little bit weird, but that's where we're at. Like, we've got a playable deck. And we don't, I don't think either one of those cards would improve things by a lot. This is a different story. Um, so here, the there's a Grizzled Guard we have to let go, but that's okay. Um, the relevant cards for us are Reliable Troops and Detonation Cannon. And see, this is a situation where I would take Detonation Cannon because we want Reach more than we want early game at this point. Yes. Uh, here's some more cards. And this is where we can actually start up, just straight up upgrading our deck. Uh, 
So the rare is actually worth considering because it is essentially factionless. It's a time sketch. Uh, that's the power that gains one time. It's depleted unless you've played a Citadel this turn. It's amplified for us to play a training camp. Uh, training camp lets you play, pay four once per turn to make a 2-1 soldier. I actually don't think it's that great of a card for this deck. Um, but uh, it's always worth considering the sketches uh, since you can splash them easily. There, the uncommon is uh, that's relevant is Soaring Crasher. It's a 3-1 for 4 fire with flying. Amplify 2, play a 2 strength weapon on another one of your units. Um, there's another Reliable Troops, and there's a Blood Spear Foot Soldier, which is the 3-1-2 fire with Valor. What do you think? I don't know. This is tough. Yeah, it's kind of tough. Do we just take the Blood Spear Foot Soldier? Is that better on average than a Reliable Troop? I think it's a better, yeah, I think it's better at this stage of the game. Um, we can cut a Pyro Depth to play it. Yeah. Um, that That's good. Uh, I actually would take the Soaring Crasher here. Um, I, it's a card that a lot of people don't like because it's essentially because it's a three-one for four flyer, and we, we're sort of conditioned to think that's bad. But in, but also, uh, we do like having like again, reach is a good thing to have right now, and we have a lot of good uh, early game like strong, uh, like punching and. Uh, and and like ways to make our units relevant and stuff but in terms of actual evasion not really that much yeah i guess i would say though i mean we yeah i guess i don't know like our reach in a sense is for flyers we have the fourth tree elder yep. and we have the detonation cannon we have the beacon of war which is kind of reach because it exhausts blockers yep you know, Chakram is some sort of something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's true. And so I wouldn't blame anyone for taking the Foot Soldier here. I do think Foot Soldier is just better than Reliable Troops at this point. Because we need... Uh, like, having two Reliable Troops is great. But Foot Soldier can really punch pretty hard. Um, yeah. And, I, and and also, we are... Like, I, I, I can't wait to replace Pyronept with it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I guess actually, my thing with Soaring Crasher is it feels like it should be better with other flyers, which we don't really have. You know, it was the same. It's the same argument as with the Grand Acolyte earlier. Yeah, no, Soaring Crasher. You would mainly be playing it because it is a flyer itself, and then you can put you, you and you can put weapons and and war cry and things on it. Like it's not. I'm not too worried about whether it can put a weapon on something else. It's a nice ability for it to have if you happen to be flooding. And also the fact that it is another way of providing flood insurance is good. Like the, anything that 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 lets you keep, like get additional value if you flood is, is great. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a lot higher on Soaring Crasher than a lot of people. I hear, I hear like, oh no, you don't play it because the, there's a 3-1 flyer in Shadow uh and and you don't that's not a good card and it's like it's not a bad card <laughs> it's not a card that you're excited about but it's not bad like the idea that soaring crasher is like worse than that card somehow because you want it to be better because it's an uncommon is crazy yeah no that's true anyway yeah. i think foot soldier or crasher are both good cards here 
I don't I'm going to take Foot Soldier. I don't know. Maybe I should take Tra- Crasher because I've never used it and you're arguing for it. Can I take Cyclops out of the deck? I mean, you can if you want to. I think it's I, I think it's fine. Though. I, would, I would probably usually... Oh, you took... Okay, well, we took the Crasher. So uh, our uncommons are Challenger's Axe. Uh, that's, the again, the 3-3 three, three weapon that uh, gives another unit plus 3 plus 3 on the turn when you summon it. There's Evoker, which is a 2-3 two, three for 3 fire with stealth, and at the start of your turn you reveal Evoker to play a Ruinous Burst and do 1 damage to 2 things, and another Rune of Law. So I guess we, I don't know, do we take Evoker? We had that pretty high on our Uncommons list. Yeah, I think Evoker is is just generally pretty strong. I think it is, I think it is probably Evoker. Oh, I guess we've got like 5 3-drops now. Yeah, we have a lot of 3-drops. It is kind of a lot. Uh, but are we replacing that with a five drop? No, we, we probably just have enough room to block. Um, I think we've got enough like weapons and things to improve our units. So I, I do like Challenger's Axe. I just think Evoker is just generally a stronger card. Yes. It's not so a super back. aggressive card, but it's it's enough. It's fine. So we're taking Evoker. Yeah, let's take Evoker. I almost want to make the the argument again to take Rune of Law, but I, I think Evoker's enough is good enough that it's it's better to just put it in the deck. I think this next pack we just don't take anything, but we can take the Agile Strike. The, there's no other. Um, I get, there's Rune of Illusion, but okay, so yeah, we'll just take an Agile Strike. Uh, this next pack has a Queen's Elite and a Sentinel Sifter. Queen's Elite is the 2-2. Right? I guess so, yeah. It's the 3 fire justice when you attack with exactly 2 units. Uh, the top unit or weapon of your deck gets plus 2, plus 2. And it's a 2-2 two, two itself. Yeah, I think it's probably good enough. It's, again, not a super aggressive card, but it's good. Um, and then this pack has a Spear Frenzy Warrior, which we're taking. It's a 4-3 four, for 4 fire with Reckless and Valor. Um, I'm not sure what the final makeup of the deck is, but Spear Frenzy Warrior is fine. Uh, this next pack has uh, really nothing. I don't think we're playing Awakening in this deck. Um, that, that's the only card that's in our colors. And then this next pack has a Blitzstone and a Sentinel Sifter. Uh, Sentinel Sifter is a 4-fire, 3-3. Three, three. Uh, its ultimate is to pay 5 damage to give one of your units double damage. It's usually filler. And I think we take the Blitzstone here. Yes, I agree. And then another Rampaging Commando. We're just going to have to decide how many Rampaging Commandos are the correct number. Because we now have four, which is probably too many. And finally, just really wrapping a bow around this gift of a draft is Concealed Veteran. <laughs> it's our last pick. <laughs> it's like, remember me? Oh, there were so many of me in the first pack. You could have had 12 of me. We don't have to really make that many cuts. I don't think this will be too hard. Uh, we're at 36 cards, and we want to be at, I think, 27. I think this is an 18-power deck, because we want to be able to play 4th Tree Elder, and we definitely want to get to 3-power every single game without stumbling. So, okay, okay. Right yeah, we're now, at... we... Yeah? Also, okay. we have a number of ways of sinking power uh, between Jailer and Detonation Cannon, Beacon of War, Soaring Crasher, Hard Sight Cyclops, if we play a lot of these. So I, I do There's think the it's The fact 18. that we have two reliable troopers, troops and a gatekeeper sway that any? Uh, 
no, not to me, no. Okay. <laughs> I think we have more than enough ways of dealing with getting additional power, and I'd rather have too much power than too little in this format. Okay, okay. That's just how I feel about it. I, tr I even though I there was this this is a discussion that's been taking place on the Discord. Apparently, some I have played uh, fifteen power decks where no one else has in this format. I have like I played like three of them or something, or maybe two of them. But you had two, those, and Dwiggy had one. That's correct. Yeah, um, and that's because both of those decks had no cards that cost more than four, and not very many of them. So, and not, and, and I don't think any way of of sinking additional power. Uh, so I, I, I like there was no reason for me to play more than fifteen power in those decks. Um, those were unusual. Most of the time, I try to play an additional sigil rather than not quite enough in this format. Anyway, we've got um, we've got an Oni Samurai, two Reliable Troops, Argentport Soldier, Bastion Gatekeeper, Bladekin Apprentice, Hot Blood Barbarian, Pyre Adept, two Workshop Tankers, Orange Jailer, Barricade Basher, Evoker, Queen's Elite, Rampaging Commando times four, a Heart Sight Cyclops, Soaring Crasher, Spear Frenzy Warrior, Inquisitive Alchemist, a Fourth Tree Elder, and then we have two Blitzstones, a Detonation Cannon, Beacon of War, and Steelfang Chakram, an Azult... Excuse me, Azult and Arvalist, and our spells are Detain, Finest Hour, Topple, and Gun Down, and then two Runes of Law. Um, I, yeah, I don't think that we play the Runes of Trickery just because um, we want to have early fire and early justice, and you never want to be weighed down by some early off-color off yes. thing. Although I might, play, I might still play one, actually. I don't think it's that bad. Um, but... Uh, what, are, what cuts are we looking at? We want to get rid of probably at least four units. Mm -hmm. And that would bring us down to 19 units. Though we need six cuts. So I think from our attachment and spell suite, Detain is probably the weakest card, but it is we don't actually have that much fast interaction besides for Finest Hour. Yep, that's true. I would I would try to keep it, but um, it's 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 weaker than a lot of our other effects. Like it's hard to imagine like cutting a blitzstone and keeping detain, you know. Yes, yeah, that's the issue. But I do think, you know, we because we need six cuts. So if we just cut six units, we'd be down to seventeen units. Right. I don't think we want to do that. Yeah. Okay, um, so let's let's cut a pyre adept. We have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, two drops and three one drops right now. Uh, I don't. I, and pyre adept is the worst of those. So um, we can probably cut some number of ranch, rampaging commandos. Uh, it's I, I, or maybe we just want to play all of them. I don't know. <laughs> just seems like too many. Is is probably uh, yeah, see, this is my issue, is, like, my instincts would be to cut Hard Sight. I don't, I just don't really like the card, but I would cut mm -hmm. Hard Sight Cyclops, Soaring Crasher, and Spear Frenzy Warrior, mm -hmm. and then keep my curve really low, except for the Alchemist and the Elder, but that would okay. make me kind of want to play 17 power. Right. And then you'd be you'd be sort of stuck with that fourth tree elder a little bit, um, or I mean, you'd probably usually be able to play it with the reliable troops and all. Uh, yeah, 
I, I usually don't cut Spear Frenzy Warrior from these kind of decks. I think it attacks really well. Um, Mm-hmm. So do you want to cut some of the low drops again, like Oni Samurai? Let's see. I'm I'm just looking at Oni Samurai and how much support we genuinely have for it. So if we had a bunch of tricks, I would be I would be happier about it. Yeah. But we actually don't. We do now have two three drops that kind of want to go one two. Yeah, we do. And I mean, playing a rampaging commando on your Oni Samurai. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, so we could really. Uh, I, I I like that. Fine, what you're saying about um, sort of bringing down the curve. Uh, I I sort of worry about like running out of of punch. Like rampaging commandos are great when they go off, but they don't always go off. <laughs> yeah. One of the disadvantages to them is that they die to a stiff breeze. I 100% agree that maybe we shouldn't take the the middle of this deck out, but that's just kind of where my instincts go. Mm-hmm. I've had less success sort of playing this as like a curve-out deck into a six-drop fourth tree elder. You've had less success playing this kind of deck? No, like if we were to keep it as more of a mid-range curve out Rakano deck with some mm-hmm. aggressive elements by, you know, by playing four drops. I guess all I'm talking about is playing four drops. Yeah. We could take out Hard Sight Cyclops. I think that's probably the weakest of the cards. And we do have we do have sort of Beacon of War for that effect. Just probably overall a stronger card. The Amplify is Yeah, uh, and it also would be our only double fire card. Which That's true. would make playing um, the Rune of Trickery slightly easier, too, by taking it out. I actually am looking at taking out one of the Blitzstones. Um, I know that sounds insane, but uh, only because we're playing all of these Rampaging Commandos and it's really rough. It's, ac- it's actively bad with Rampaging Commando. But I know that goes against conventional wisdom. Which is that? Which is that? You always play Blitzstone, but I've actually done this exact thing before, where it's uh, where I where I had a couple of commandos in my tech, and it's like mm, I don't ever want to be in a position where that's my three drop and Blitzstone is my two drop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. I I can definitely see that. It's like we have. Here's yeah, the thing, the though. Thing. We have eight three drops right now, which is a lot. <laughs> like that's not a it's not a great curve. No, it's not. Well, that's why I would take out the four drops. To... Uh huh. Yeah. So then your three drops play both worlds. Sure. Uh, it's not, but it's not like we have a ton of things that cost one. On four, we're generally going to be playing a sigil and then a three drop and wasting a power, like every game. If we take out the four drops, I mean, we'll put uh, we'll put uh, Steel Fang or Zoltan Arbalist on the board at those times, or maybe a Beacon of War. Since we do have four rampaging commandos, I guess we can kind of uh, we can kind of shape the deck around them a little bit and just say like what what's what's good with it and what's bad with it. Um, I think that is an argument for taking out one of the blitzstones, and we can take out the four drops because we really want to concentrate on on getting ones and twos um, down and then and then pushing through. And then pushing them through any way that we can, and Commando is one of those ways. 
uh, Queen's Elite likes Rampaging Commando because it lets a unit attack without dying for one turn and then giving a bonus to the next thing. So now we just need to make one more cut, and that means probably... I mean, that's if we want 18 power. It is, yeah. Uh, Let's see, what are our our power sinks right now? Um, Detonation Cannon, Beacon of War, Orange Jailer, uh, which is only kind of a power sink. And I guess Gatekeeper and Workshop Tinkers are ways to discard things, so is Hot Blood Barbarian... Uh, it's actually quite we're we're pretty good on being able to handle extra power. Um, generally, I would even with this curve, like we've got two things that we want to play on four, one on five, one on six. I would still want to play eighteen. So I would take out the detain and use uh, and and play eighteen. But okay. if you wanted to well, leave in so detain, then do we need to play the inquisitive alchemist or the fourth tree elder? Uh, we don't need to, but I do think that it'll win games if we do play it. But I also th- think the same thing about the four drops, so I don't know. Yeah, well, that's what I'm wondering. Is like, what if we, what if we kind of do what we're you were talking about? Like, what if we play Soaring Crap? I, I don't know. What if we play Spear Frenzy Warrior and take out Fourth Tree Elder? I could even um, be talked into playing Soaring Crasher instead of Alchemist, and then just make this like a really low curve deck uh okay well let's let's take a look at that i i don't advise this but let's look, let's take a look at it we can take out fourth tree elder put in soaring crasher put in spear frenzy warrior that brings down our curve um and i think we want to keep the inquisitive alchemist because we have three ways of discarding it so we don't actually have to play it as a five drop right but we can play 17 power in this deck uh that still means that we have to cut something. So I would probably still cut Detain. Or we could cut the Soaring Crasher. Okay, we can cut Soaring Crasher. <laughs> Fine. No, or we <laughs> can cut Detain. I'm just... <laughs> we can't, you don't have to play Soaring Crasher. It's just, it's just we have all of this Warcry, and, and like a 3-1 Flyer for 4 is great if you put a Warcry on it. Also, if you put a Steel Fang on it. I would take out... Uh, Spear Frenzy Warrior before Soaring Crasher, honestly, because I like having at least one flyer to 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 do the last bit of damage with. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, I would also probably take out a. Well, it's fine. I would take out a. I would. I, I'm still looking at taking out one Rampaging Commando because I think it's it's a shaky way to build a deck. But if we're gonna go with keeping all the commandos in, um, then. Well, do you well, want to take and, out one well, commando and then we can put either back a Blitzstone or a Detain? Right. I mean, I definitely keep Spear Frenzy Warrior for playing four Rampaging Commandos because it's very good with, with Valor units. I don't think we need the Detain. I mean, it's fine, but it's it's often we won't need it. Like, the, the situations where Detain would save one of our units... Um, we would rather just play another unit usually. It's fine. We don't care what units we have on board for the most part. They are just yeah. they're just beef to throw at our opponent's face. Okay. So, well, then this would be the deck, I think. This is the deck. Yeah, Oni Samurai, two relatable, tro- relatable troops. Reliable troops. Arjaport Soldier, Bastion Gatekeeper, Bladekin Apprentice, Hot Blood Barbarian, Workshop Tinker Times 2. Orange Jailer, Barricade Basher, Evoker, Queen's Elite, Rampaging Commando times four, Soaring Crasher, Spear Frenzy Warrior, Inquisitive Alchemist, 
Blitzstone, Detonation Cannon, Beacon of War, Steelfang Shikram, uh, Zoltan Arbalist, Finest Hour, Topple, Gun Down, and Two Runes of Law. So there's not going to be a lot of surprises in the middle of your opponent's turn, um, but I, I think this is the sort of deck that says, opponent, you have to come up with surprises, otherwise you're getting run over. Yeah, with our reliable troops. Well, the reliable troops aren't going to do a lot of damage by themselves, but um, they'll yeah, do what they do. Yeah, okay. And uh, I think this was kind of interesting. You know, we we maybe did two sacrilegious things of cutting a Blitzstone and cutting a Fourth Tree Elder. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's shaky, honestly. Um, I liked it better with the, when we had a Fourth Tree Elder, but we have to like rethink what we're doing if we do that because we're trying to do two things here we're trying to get down a really strong early board and then um well i mean now the way the deck is it's 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 pretty cohesive we're trying to get down a strong early board and then support it with these powerful effects later uh and that's fine that's a solid plan um and we have 20 units so it'll be hard for them to kill everything and they and when you're playing cards like Beacon of War and Steel Fang, and of course for Rampaging Commandos, they do have to kill everything. Otherwise, we keep punching them. So I think it's a solid game plan. Yeah, no, I think this definitely loses to some things. But that was my issue with the Fourth Tree Elder because that made it feel more like it was being pulled in two directions. Yeah, that's true. Um. Okay, well, I'm feeling another 3-3 three, three or 4-3 three coming up, but Great. looking forward to it. <laughs> Sounds good. Tune in on the Discord to uh, see how the deck did. So, uh, Patamaru will play it on his own time, and then, and then we'll find out how, the, how our strategies paid off. Yes. So that's our show. So thank you again to all our patrons for making this show a success. And for those of you who are not patrons, a reminder to give us a five-star rating or review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can join us in our Discord, like uh, Hat said. Uh, there'll be a link in the show description below. And then finally, thumbs up all of Raven Dragon's Reddit posts about the show to help promote it. We'd really appreciate that. And don't forget to send in all your 7-win deck lists you do this week to farmingeternal at gmail.com. And remember to keep on farming. Have a good night. Bye-bye.